I think that life is not about the amount of days that you live on this earth, but it's about what you fit into those days that allows you to live a remarkable life. That's Michael Crossland. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Hello! And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today as we have a brand new featured speaker gracing our virtual stage today to inspire us to live each day as the person that our future self can be proud of. I'm going to say that again. Go out and live each day as the person that our future self can be proud of. And after listening to this talk, I hope that you can go out and live each day doing just that. Here's Michael Crossland. Enjoy. My life began when I was 11 months of age. I was taken to the hospital with my mum and my sister had an ear infection. As we were leaving, I'm much more of a hugger. I don't really do the handshake thing. And I give the doctor a big hug and his knee brushes my stomach and he thinks that that doesn't feel right. That afternoon, I'm flown to Sydney Hospital. The following morning, I was diagnosed with an incurable cancer of the central nervous system called neuroblastoma stage four. Doctor said, no chance of survival, take your boy home and allow him to live the next few months with his family because there's nothing that we can do. But like everybody in this room, we all have choices and the choices that we make each and every day can reshape and remould and redefine our future. My mum asked one question. I don't want to know what the chances are of my son dying is. I just want to know what the chances are of my son surviving is. The doctors gave me a 96% death rate. They said, go home. But my mum looked at my glass being 4% full and not 96% empty. I started chemo on my first birthday. My chemotherapy cycle was nine days on, three days off, nine days on, three days off. Not for weeks, not for months, but for years. I was on that same cycle until my fourth birthday when a doctor came in and said, Kerry, we're sorry, the treatment's no longer doing the job. We need to go into surgery. I went into surgery. Six hours later, the doctors came out and said, we didn't get it all. There's now nothing we can do. My father and my three older sisters were flown from Coffs Harbour down to say goodbye. But the next day, a doctor came in from America. He said, we're trialling a drug, it's called DTIC. Never been trialled on humans before, only on animals. We're gonna trial it on 25 kids. And I truly believe that outside of love, hope is the most powerful word in the English dictionary. This instilled hope into our lives. We started this drug 9am Tuesday morning. Within 24 hours, we were all transferred from the oncology ward to the burns unit. The after effects of this drug were so bad that we were completely covered from head to toe in blisters. What they would do is they would lie us in baths full of ice trying to prevent our brains from frying. Within one month, 20 out of the 25 kids had passed away. Within 90 days, 24 out of the 25 kids were dead. My mum, she would sit there and she would watch a doctor come in and zip up a body bag and wheel them out because of the same drug that she chose to put me on. 
I say to people all around the world that I'm one of the lucky ones. But I never say I'm one of the lucky ones because I'm still alive. I say I'm one of the lucky ones because I wasn't my mum. My mum had it tough. She had to make a choice to inject the drug into a child that has killed everybody that had ever taken it. I was on that drug until my seventh birthday. Until one day I was finally allowed to go home. The doctor said to my mum, your son, he will never go to school. He will never play sport. He'll be a housebound baby. And if he reaches his teenage years, it'll be a miracle. But we believed in miracles. And my mum wanted my dreams to come true. When I was lying in hospital, as you can see in the pictures, I had to have the needle in my head. And the, my mum bought me a Velcro glove and a Velcro ball. And she'd sit out at the end of the bed and she'd lob the ball to me. I'd catch it and I'd throw it back. So she gets further and further away until eventually I said to her, I have a dream. And that dream is to one day play baseball in America. And people laughed at me. Nobody in your life will tell you what you can do. They'll only ever tell you what you can't do. My dream was to play baseball in America and I wanted to do everything in my power to make sure that happened. And there was a lot of hiccups along the way, a lot of hiccups. I had my first heart attack when I was 12. I had glandular fever, I had bacterial meningitis. But people kept telling me I wouldn't do it. So it made me work really hard to make sure I could do it. And at the age of 15, I was lucky enough to make the Australian under 16 baseball team and come to America to play baseball and get a chance to achieve my dreams. I played over it, thank you very much. I played over here when I was 15, 16, 17. When I was 17, I was down in Texas playing baseball and a scout came up to me and said, Mike, you're definitely not the biggest, clearly, and nor are you the strongest, but the passion you bring to this team is something we want to reach in and grab. I was lucky enough at the age of 17 to sign a contract and live in America and play baseball. But as you know, life is like a roller coaster. You can get to a pinnacle point in your life and it can get taken away from you in a heartbeat. At the age of 18, I was playing baseball in Phoenix, Arizona. I slid into a base at second and I woke up three days later. And at the age of 18, I suffered my career-ending heart attack and I was sent home. I was a depressed boy. I thought life wasn't fair. And when I was seven, I heard through the curtains the doctor say to my mum, he will never go to sport, he will never play baseball, he will never, ever go to school and if he reaches his teenage years, it'll be a miracle. And my mum, she walked out and I said to her as if I didn't hear, what did the doctor say? And she said, everything's gonna be okay, son. When I was 12, I had a heart attack and the doctor said to my mum, he will never play sport again. She walked out and I said, what did he say? And she said, everything's gonna be okay, son. And earlier this year, I finally got a chance to return the favour. Unfortunately, earlier this year, the doctors found four tumours in my throat. I've never seen my wife cry so much in all my life. The doctor said to me, Michael, we're sorry, but tomorrow's not guaranteed. You need to slow down. But that's one thing we all have in common because no one's guaranteed. I think that life is not about the amount of days that you live on this earth, but it's about what you fit into those days that allows you to live a remarkable life. And I remember driving home and she called me, my mum, and she said, Mike, what did the doctor say? And I said to her, mum, everything's gonna be okay. Every one of us, every single day, is blessed with the air that we breathe, 
the opportunities that we have. And I challenge you every single day to get out of bed and do something that your future self will be proud of. Big thanks to Michael Crossland for stopping by. His website is michaelcrossland.com. That is also his Instagram. His latest book is entitled, Everything Will Be Okay, A Story of Hope love and perspective. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled Michael Crossland, humanitarian and international best-selling author at Worlds 2016. All right. That is a wrap for me. As always, I appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.